Everyone standing up in the balcony, galleries under the balcony, even Facebook Live and online, stand up for the reading of the Word. I love the Word of God. It's so good to see you. And I understand that Greg and Ann Keelon are somewhere in the service, and you're going to have to help me point them out, but we welcome you to the service, and so good to have you home. Amen. Amen. Up in the balcony. There you are. Amen. Amen. Love you folks. Amen. And deacons, don't forget we have about a two-minute meeting uh, in the choir room, and don't you miss the announcement tonight. You're going to get really excited. Amen. All right, turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. One of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. And you have major prophets and minor prophets. And they were not called so just because of importance. More or less, it was because of the size of their writings that the minor prophets usually are just a couple chapters up to 13 chapters. But then you have some major prophets like Jeremiah who wrote a lot. God put a lot in Jeremiah's life. Isaiah, I love Isaiah. I love Isaiah. And, uh, and so major minor, but Habakkuk is a minor prophet. And right after Nahum, Habakkuk, and beginning with verse 2, the Lord answered and said, write the vision. Write the vision. We need a vision for 2022. If you don't have a vision, the Bible says, Proverbs 29, you'll perish. You'll languish is the actual Hebrew interpretation. You'll languish all, you won't accomplish anything. We've got to be a bunch of purpose-driven people. You're driven by vision. Vision is what causes you to get up in the morning and put your boots on. Say, I got something to do today. I'm going to do something big. I'm going to make a difference in my world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Write the vision. Make it very plain, understandable. Put it on the tablets where people can read it. Because if they can't understand it, if they can't read it, how are they going to run with it? And I just want to challenge everyone. This church has a vision. That's what propels us. That's why this church didn't miss a lick over the last two years. It's been some of the most blessed two years. It's been amazing what God has done over the last two years. But we're very vision-driven. And we have four pillars that guide us and keep us on track. And they, no matter what the season. And he says... For the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. The vision has an appointed time. And I believe the vision for this church is an appointed time, but I believe God has a vision for this world. And I'm calling you on this first month of the new year to recalibrate to recalibrate and allow the Holy Ghost to do something in you this year that's going to take you to a whole new level in God. You may be seated. In this year, we must maintain a strong vision. Without vision, people perish. Strong vision will keep you rooted and grounded. It'll keep you planted. 
If you don't stay rooted and grounded, if you don't stay planted, you'll never produce fruit. Now, citrus trees take about five years to start producing fruit from the time they're planted. Uh, other plants, different time frames, but I know a little bit about citrus trees. And I know that if you go out and yank something up out of the ground, it's not going to produce fruit. And that's why I'm saying to recalibrate in this year is to understand, number one, I need to find a place and I need to get planted and I need to begin producing fruit. You know what Jesus said? He's going to be the master fruit inspector and he's going to look at our lives and did we produce fruit? What matters in 2022, and I want to recalibrate you, I want to bring our, all of our specs back into the foundation of the word. What matters is, do I please God this year? Do I make a difference in my world? Do I use my time, talent, energies for the building of the kingdom? You see, what was happening with Israel, they were in a very difficult time. They were rebuilding their homes. They put their homes and their jobs first. If you, listen to me, every Christian, if you put your job before God, it's out of order. If you put your home before God, and I'm talking about the building of homes because they were very much into building homes. They, had, they were coming back into the land. They were settling the land after, after the years of Babylonian captivity. But they, they got their priorities mixed up. And they started putting their homes first, their businesses first. And, and all these things became priority to the house of God. And God has to send some, he has to send some prophets along. Zechariah. Haggai, Malachi, he sends them along to recalibrate them. That the most important thing in your life this year is God. Now, God wants you to have a job. And God wants you to have a home. All those things are important. But they can never displace God. And that's what was happening already. They didn't learn the lesson of history. I mean, how blind is mankind? We walk through the pages of history. We look at biblical history and we see the rise and fall of Israel just through the pages. And every time they put things before God, the nation takes a dive. I'm telling you the most important, I want you to recalibrate in 2022 before we get out of the end of this, this month of January. You make God your priority this year. If you will put Jesus first, Matthew 6, I'm telling you everything else will fall into place. Everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Put Jesus first. When I'm calling you to recalibrate for a new year, I'm telling you to put Jesus first this year. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the worship of God. You know, your family around you can tell if God's really number one. Amen. They can tell. They watch our lives. 
And I want you to recalibrate this year because this is where Israel is in this passage. And this is why God has Habakkuk sit down and write a vision. Because in spite of all they had been through in history, in spite of being taken into Babylon and coming back now, and God's, God's got them back in the land, and yet they get off track again, and they put God second or third. And he said, you're building your homes, you're building your, 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 you're worried about your work first. I want to tell you, you better build a family before you get a job. You, and, and what I'm saying there is your family is more important than a job. Your family is more important than, than uh, nice this, nice that. If you've got children, that ought to be your highest priority. If you've got family members, you ought to be all over that, that I've got to reach my family. I've got loved ones that, that need to be reached this year. And this is exactly why he's having the, this is what the background of Habakkuk 2, write the vision. Because in chapter 1, they've come back to the land and Habakkuk sees the violence in the land. He starts identifying about five or six things here as to why they did, you know, 70 years of bondage, 70 years of being in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar didn't recalibrate them. Now a prophet is sent to try to recalibrate them. Verse, chapter 1, verse 2, there's violence going on in the nation. There's gross iniquity, verse 3. They hadn't learned their lesson. There's strife and contention. All of these things are named. There should never be strife and contention in the house of God. Everybody say amen. The law was not even being honored. It's slacked is what the prophet said. The law is slacked. I want you to know there's nothing higher in your life than this book. Nothing higher. This ought to be more important. When I go to Orthodox churches, and there's one that I go to every once in a while, and I watch them when they bring the Torah scrolls out, how everyone comes by and they kiss their hand and touch the, the container that the, the Torah scrolls are in. I want you to know uh, the Bible talks about kissing the sun. You, you, need to, you need to embrace the Word of God. This needs to be important in your life. This needs to be something that you recalibrate this year. I'm not going to let the devil keep me out of this book. This book is what you're, the answer to everything. You need this book. The best thing you can do every day of your life is jump into the pages of this book. Love this book. Anything less than that, the, Torah, the, the law is being slacked in your life. And that's one of the things that Habakkuk addresses in chapter 1. The wicked compassed the righteous. Wrong judgment proceeded. There was a message to a remnant people here. Habakkuk had been in intercession. He had seen the problems. And he had been in intercession. And he was, he was so disturbed and God comes alongside to say, Habakkuk, let's recalibrate. Let's, let's, let me encourage you that we, we're going to see revival. Amen. Habakkuk didn't give up. I want to remind the intercessors. I want to remind the prayer warriors. Amen. I want to remind the, the, uh, those that are on the wall of prayer. Don't give up. Don't stop. Amen. 
That's, this is where Habakkuk was. He was tempted to give up as an intercessor for the nation. I'm going to put this cough drop in my mouth, and it's not a button. It's a cough drop. There was a, a pastor that used to always put cough drops in his, his mouth, and he would preach till that cough drop went away, you know, dissolved. And one time he just kept preaching. And finally his wife said, honey, you preached extra long today. He said, yeah, I reached in my pocket and I grabbed a button rather than a cough drop. That was a cough drop. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. But the law, the word of God is so important. And uh, to recalibrate this year is to understand how important it is to be a part of what God's doing. And make that center part, center place of your life and your family. In Nehemiah's time, post Babylonian captivity, Nehemiah had to stir the people up. And uh, this is a little, it's a few years different, but Nehemiah had to stir the people up. But when they got stirred up in Nehemiah 4, 6, it said the people then had a mind to work. I believe if you'll get recalibrated this year and get stirred up, you'll have a mind to work for God. Amen. My work for God is important. Amen. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. I'll come down there and say amen. Hallelujah. But it says that the, the vision is for an appointed time. All of the vision of God, all of the word of God was for a specific time. There was an appointed time. And I want you to know the appointed time that God has appointed you and me to live is in the last days. Amen. We're living in the last days, and I believe that with all my heart. But the, all through the Bible, it's about appointed times, times and seasons. In fact, in Genesis, in the first chapter, God, when he's creating heaven and earth, he says it's for appointed seasons. God's not just talking about summer, winter, fall, and spring. But there are seasons of life. And God did everything was a season through the Word of God. At 2,350 B.C., there was a man that had a vision from God. I want you to build an ark, Noah. 2,300 years B.C., God gives him a vision. And one commentary I was reading in a week or so ago said that it took Noah 300 years to build the ark. But he was a man of righteousness. He made it on the ark. I'm telling you. You say, Pastor, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't know where I come from. Listen, I know God, and I know what God is trying to do. He's trying to raise up some Holy Ghost-filled dads this year. He's trying to raise up some women this year that are going to be called by God some men that are going to lead men and, and, and make a difference in our world. I know God. And I look at history. And 2,350 years B.C., the flood was coming. The flood was coming. Jesus even used it as an illustration. Uh, we'll get to that, I hope, in just a minute in Matthew 24. But Jesus even used it as an illustration. The flood was coming. And people were living crazy. 
How many agree the world's living crazy right now? They're living crazy. It's cray-cray out there. It is. I'm telling you. But there was a righteous man that had a vision, and the vision kept him online for 300 years, building an ark. It hadn't rained like that. That was foreign. You're doing what? And it's the people, the community, the city, they saw this. It was heard about, and yet he kept building the ark. I said, I know what God's told me. I want you to recalibrate in such a way this year that you hear the word of the Lord come to you and you know what God is calling you to do this year and how you're being called to advance the cause of Christ, find your place uh, to help uh, see God's kingdom established in this earth and revival come. That was a specific time. 1,400 years B.C., a mother was called to build an ark. Oh, my goodness. She had to build an ark for baby Moses. But she did. And she pitched it with tar. And she, she built it around. But God was interested in the preserving of a nation and the, and the deliverance of a nation. And I want you to know God's trying to call some women this year. God's trying to anoint some men this year that you're going to understand this is bigger than than a house that I want to build or a new job. This is bigger than that. It's to the saving of your household. It's to the saving of this world. It's to this nation turning back to God in this hour. Hallelujah. That was 1400. Just around B.C. turns A.D. God said in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, 4, I sent my son. It was an appointed time. God had written a vision in the Old Testament. It's there. It's there. You can find Jesus in the Old Testament. It's very clear. Very clear. You can see Jesus in the Old Testament. But God had written the vision out. And in the fullness of time, visions are appointed for a time, a season. I'm telling you, God looks down through history and there was something in every portion, every season of history God was doing, trying to correct man, trying to recalibrate man, trying to get man on, on point to, to be revived and to know that God's got to be number one before anything else. What is the first commandment? Don't have anything else before me. That wasn't a mistake that he put in there in the Ten Commandments. Amen? And, and so God does this all through human history. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 24. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus went out. This is Matthew chapter. I want everybody to have your Bibles open. I'm going to give you a test at the end of this. His cough drops going way too fast. <laughs> Matthew 24, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. How many knows? Now this is, this is about A.D. 30, 33, somewhere right in there. How many know when the temple was destroyed? 
I can't hear you. A.D. 70, under the Roman general Titus. That temple, Jesus prophesied there wouldn't be, look at, let me, verse 2. See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be one stone left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now the temple mount, if you're on the streets of Jerusalem, you look up at the temple mount. I'm not sure if that's 100 feet or 150 feet, but it's up there. It's a preface, and it's a, it's a mountain, basically, that's flat. And the temple set up on that so that it could be seen all over. People could see the temple because that was to be the primary part of their life. They were to connect with the temple, the worship of God. We got to get that. The worship of God's got to be priority. Even with the way God built his temple. But he said there won't be a stone. When Titus came in and they set fire to the temple, the gold began to melt. And the gold just poured down into the cracks in those massive stones. Consequently, the Roman soldiers wanted that gold. So what do they do? They tear apart every stone. This is AD 70, 30 years after. Jesus is writing a vision right here. And in 30 years, this happens historically. The Roman soldiers are tearing those stones off and they're throwing those stones down. If you'll go to Jerusalem with us, I'll, I'll take you to those very stones. And you'll see those stones that were thrown down from 100, 150 feet up by those Roman uh, legions. But they were going for the gold. And... Uh, because it had seeped down through the crowd. Every stone was torn apart in the temple. Now that's, that's where he's prophesying what was about to happen. But I want you to know later in this passage, he prophesied about the next temple that was going to be built. Because during the tribulation, there's a temple that's going to be rebuilt. And if you'll think back, everyone that was here in December, Yehuda Glick was in one of our Sunday morning services and he was over the Temple Institute for seven years as they designed the next temple that's to be built. I want you to know that all of the plans for the next temple, temple have been finished. All the plans. And he was there. He, he was here. And I thought, God, what are you trying to show us? Why is Yehuda Glick here today? And I just kept thinking about his connection to the next temple. His connection to the next temple. There's another temple going to be rebuilt. Do you know that for the first time in history since AD 70, since AD 70, Israel has a high priest now. Since AD 70, they have a high priest in place. They've got the plans for the temple. And Jesus talks about, when we talk about recalibrating, we need to be people of this book and understand end time events. But he talks about in the last days, there's going to come somebody in, verse 15, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, because there's going to be one who stands in the holy place, and uh, the Bible actually says he'll, he'll slay a pig on the altar. That was seen in history at 165 B.C. It's 165 or 167 B.C. When... Uh, um, Antiochus Epiphanes 
came into the temple, ransacked the temple, set himself up to be worshipped in the temple, and then God raised up some warriors that said enough is enough. I, I want you to know that we want to recalibrate this year that God raises up some uh, warriors that said enough is enough in America. We want God back in America. We want the Bible back in America. We want people that to begin to worship God and put God first. Uh, it's not going to happen, friends, if the church doesn't get stirred up, if the church doesn't get on fire for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody stand, hold your Bibles open. Worship team, come on out. I still got plenty of cough drop, but I don't have plenty of time. I'm looking at the time. And Jesus answered, verse 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. Everybody say many. many. How many people are going to be deceived in the last days? Many. many. And you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. Don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation. This is verse 7. Kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines. We're seeing that in the world. There shall be pestilences. What has happened in the last two years? I'm telling you what has happened in the last two years is right here in Matthew 24. Pestilences. Believe the word of God. Recalibrate this year. Believe this book. Earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 10, many shall be offended. I've never seen an hour when people get as offended as they do. Don't wear your feelings on your shoulder. Amen. What if Jesus had got offended and not gone to the cross? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They'll even... Because of offense, they'll betray one another. Look at verse 10. They'll hate one another. Hate does not, this is all red letter in my Bible. This is the words of Jesus. Hate does not become the house of God. The gifts only operate by love. I'll say that again. The gifts that so many long to have some of those gifts operational. They only operate by love. By love. And I can prove that from so many passages. They only operate by love. But look at this. Many, verse 11. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Do you know that in California alone, there are over 3,000 people that claim to be the Christ? Just in one state. They can't all be the Christ. There's only one Jesus. Don't believe all these false Christ. Verse 12, because of iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. Over in Revelation chapter 2, you don't turn there. Stay right in that passage because I'm going to show you one or two quick things and then we're going we're to close here. In Revelation 2, the first church that Jesus deals with was the church of Ephesus. And he says, because you have left your first love. 
Don't fall out of love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It isn't about one of these pastors here. It isn't about anybody else. It's about you need to connect and recalibrate this year. And it's about Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. You won't get offended. I promise you, Jesus won't offend you. He may upbraid you and encourage you. Sometimes he takes us to the woodshed. Amen. How many have ever been there with Jesus? He knows how to get our attention. But he's a loving Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 21 says, there's coming a time that there will be great tribulation like has not been known since the beginning of mankind. Listen, what we're experiencing in our world right now is a Sunday school picnic compared to the great tribulation. Men are going to cry to die in the great tribulation. But I want you to know you're not appointed to wrath. You're appointed to the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Hallelujah. This world is headed for the great tribulation. And during that tribulation, an antichrist is going to arise. And he's going to set himself up in the temple. But that's short-lived. Because my Bible tells me in these passages, and I'm going to have to quit, that he's coming back. Wanted to get over into 2 Peter because I'm telling you, he's going to right every wrong. Hallelujah. He's going to turn it all around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. Written on his thigh is a name that no man can name. Amen. Hallelujah. He is the Lamb of God. He is the truth of God. Hallelujah. Look at Jesus. Looking unto him who is the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. He is set down at the right hand of God and he's ever making intercession for the saints. I'll close with this. The worship team, come on out. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. This is in the prophetic chapter 24. Jesus points to Noah in the teaching about the last days. It's going to be just like it. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall it be with the coming of the Son of Man. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. Recalibrate. Recalibrate. Get your spiritual bearings set for this year. And I know what this year is about. 
I know who's guiding my year, who's helping me this year. Amen. Don't retire, refire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I got to stop. Still got a little bit of cough drop, but I got to stop. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with this entire congregation. I'm going to pray with you, and then we're going to sing one song, and then I'm going to read the ironic blessing, and then I'll meet with the deacons for just a moment. Father, everyone repeat this prayer all across this room and online. Dear Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I do believe you're coming back soon. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. I want to go to heaven to be with you. I want to live a life that is pleasing before you. Help me. Help me to be a disciple of Christ and to let my light shine this year, to make a difference in my world. And I'll give you all glory and all praise and all honor. In your name I pray. Come on, all across this room, let's lift our hands and give him some praise.